Good morning. Good morning. I want to welcome everybody at all of our locations to another great weekend at New Life Church. My name is uh, Chris Puccini. I'm one of the pastors here. And we are in a series called Dark Room. So if this is your first time uh, in the series, or maybe you've missed the last couple weeks, let me just uh, catch you up. We live in the digital age of everything now, instant everything. I'm going to date myself a little bit, but I'm going to just go back in time when I was younger. Some of you can identify with this. If there was a movie that uh, you were looking forward to seeing, you either had to wait for it to come out in the theater and you could go during a season like, like nowadays, but if, if there was a movie that you wanted to replay, you had to wait for a couple of the networks that would advertise, you know, the creature from the Black Lagoon is going to be showing, right? Or Jaws. I don't know why I like those kinds of movies as a kid. But you had to wait for it to come on TV, and you had that one moment when it was on, and then it was over, right? Then they came out with the VCR, and now you can watch, you can rent movies, you can even fast forward. It was awesome. Today, a lot of us just stream everything. It's instant. In 1996, when uh, Lynette and I were married, we hired a photographer to do our pictures of our wedding, and we had to wait like 8 to 12 weeks to get those photographs back. Right now, if you want to, you could take a selfie, you could upload it for hundreds, if not thousands of people, depending on how many friends you have on social media, right, to see. It's the, it's the day of the instant age. Well, the metaphor for the series Dark Room comes from how pictures used to be taken, and it's still done a little bit today, but uh, many of us had those 35-millimeter cameras or a 110 camera, and you would take a roll of pictures. You would, you would take 25 or 36 pictures, and you just had one shot, right? You couldn't go back and delete it. You had one shot uh, for that picture, and then you would drop it in the mail, or you would take it to Walgreens or somewhere to be developed, and you would wait a day or two or a week And you would get those photos back. And the the film was taken through a a series of chemical baths in the darkroom where no light can come in. And we're using that darkroom as a metaphor for the seasons of life that God takes us through in spiritual growth to to develop our character. So I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I was afraid of the dark. How many just at all our locations just uh, admit it, raise your hand, that you were afraid of the dark? I think it happened for me when I was about four years old and my dad was a pastor in a small country town called Jamestown, Missouri. It was just the classic uh, old country church with the steeple. And I remember about three or four years old, one of my first memories was falling asleep during a Sunday night service and falling asleep under the pew. And the memory that I have is banging on the back doors of the church. These big, they they must have been, in my mind, they were 20-foot wooden solid oak doors, pitch dark, just banging on the doors, screaming, like around four years old. Till my parents finally realized when they were home, hey, somebody is missing, and they came to church (laughs) to find me there. And I was afraid of the dark, and my parents as well. You're going to sound, it's going to sound like my parents tortured me, but they did what every parent did, and they told their kids' bedtime, bedtime stories. Well, one of the worst stories to tell a small child uh, for bedtime is the story of Little Red Riding Hood and, and the Big Bad Wolf, right? And how the Big Bad Wolf was hiding in the closet or under the bed. And so 
good night. We said our prayers, but it wasn't enough, right? My parents left, and I remember trying to find the very center of that bed, you know, so that my, nothing was hanging over. I was afraid of the dark and the boogeyman or the big bad wolf that was under the bed. And so there's this fear that we have as kids, we can have as children of the dark. And so when we think about the dark room that God takes us through, some of us can have a fear or a phobia of the dark, right? The dark room, just to set it up and just to bring some clarity on what is the dark room, the dark room can mean a variety of different things. It can mean obscurity or a season which your life is not so much on display for the world to see. It could mean a season of trial, a season of pressure, a season of refining. But I think it's important uh, that we not define the dark room too narrowly and that we don't make this mistake as followers of Christ of thinking that the dark room means that God is not there or the dark room is evil, void of God. Nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, if you're a Christ follower and he calls you to the dark room, be assured that he is there with you. In fact, he's the one who's led you to that season in the dark room. So the dark room, don't, don't mistake it for it's evil, the, the enemy's after you. No, it's a season where God brings you to protect you. Sometimes it's to bring you out of the light, out of the limelight for everybody to see, you know, and I'm talking about to a place where he can work on you to develop godly character within you. It could be a, a season of just applying pressure in your life. And so it's that place of God's working in you. Be assured that even though it's dark, and we can get our focus on the what, it's dark, that even though it's dark, there is a why. And the why is God is working in you. And that's what you need to know about the dark room. Because when we contemplate the dark room, we get caught up on the darkness of the dark room, right? We get hung up on that what. But when you have your attention on the what, that it's dark, that I feel alone, or it feels like there's pressure being applied, and we get focused on the what, Instead of the why, we miss out. But if we change our perspective and see the why, it will change your perspective of the whole season you're walking through in the darkroom. You may be, in fact, today right in the very middle of a darkroom season. And here's what you need to understand. That God has you in the darkroom because, write this down if you're taking notes. This is so important. Growth is a process. Growth is a process. You see, the dark room is all about spiritual growth, and growth is a process. Now, salvation happens in a moment, but spiritual growth is a process. Say, it's a process. Come on, one more time. It's a process. It's a process. And the dark room is all about God's process of refining and developing you. And here's what you need to know. You cannot bypass God's process of growth. Just like there's no workaround to becoming an Olympic athlete, there's no fast track to becoming a skilled surgeon, there is no, there's no fast track to spiritual growth. You must go through God's plan and God's process. And one of the things he uses is the dark room. And you, you must go through it because God wants to develop in you something far more significant than just simply skill like an Olympic athlete or a surgeon has. He is wanting to develop his image in you. Here's what 2 Corinthians says about that in chapter 3, verse 18. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory... And here it is, are being transformed into his image. That's what God is doing in us. With ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, 
who is the Spirit. That's what God is doing inside of every single one of us who have surrendered to Christ. Now, if you're like me and you are a human being, we all share this same nature that's bent towards the instant, right? The snapshot, the, the, the fast track, the formula. We want, to, uh, we want to take the snapshot, we want to upload it, and we want to see how many people like it, right? But God is not pre- impressed with the instant. He is all about the process. And so today we're going to be talking about one of the great men of the Bible. His name is Elijah. And our very first introduction to him is 1 Kings chapter 17. I want to encourage you to go there if you have your Bible with you. 1 Kings 17. And this is our first moment with Elijah in the Bible. And in this moment... God is speaking to Elijah to prophesy or or speak on behalf of God to an evil king named Ahab. Now, God's people had gone through over 200 years of evil kings. Now, think about that. Not just, you know, bad kings, but evil kings. And this king is named Ahab. He's married to this evil woman named Jezebel. And God says, go confront this king. Go stand up to this king. And here's what God tells him to say. This prophetic word that it's not going to rain for a few years, okay? So this is a bold move for the the, the prophet Elijah to go and speak this word because if you're from the Midwest, uh, many of us live in Nebraska, we could understand the impact on an agricultural economy like was uh, back in this day if it just stopped raining for a few years. Imagine that. We're talking about an economic shutdown, and so this is what God tells him to say. He goes and says it, this bold word, And then God sends him to a season in the darkroom. Now, the thing I want to bring out about this, remember, he speaks God's word. He obeys God and speaks God's word to the king. And then God sends him to the darkroom. You can be right in the very middle of God's will for your life, doing what God has called you to do. Okay? You could be serving God right in the sweet spot of your gifting. You could be living that life of obedience and God could still send you, divert you to a season in the dark room, all right? That's so important for us to get because we can tend to think that the dark room, that means there's something wrong with me and my relationship with God or God's disappointment in me. Now, it's true. There might be some character flaw that God's going to develop in you or through you in the dark room. There might be something that God's going to be doing or a reason that he's taking you to the dark room uh, that, that where he's trying to develop something out of you. But it's not always the case. Elijah is a case in point. Now, some of you know about Elijah. You've heard the stories. If you were here in week number three of the dark room, when we talked about Elisha, Elisha uh, was Elijah's protege, okay? And Elisha had heard about Elijah. In fact, when Elisha encountered Elijah, he said, man, this is an amazing man of God. I want what he has. In fact, I want a double portion of what God is doing in him and through him. But what Elisha didn't know at that moment, and what we need to remember, is that Elijah didn't end up there just by a fast-track process. There was a process, a season of breaking and developing that God did in Elijah. All right, We need to get that about Elijah. Elijah went through God's process. Say it one more time. It's a process. It's a process. So Elijah prophesies to the king. 
It's not going to rain for a few years. And then God tells Elijah something that I would want to hear after if God had me do that. He says, go hide. How many think that's a good idea? Uh, there were prophets that were killed. Elijah, that was his job. And God says, all right, now go hide, right? But not just go anywhere. God sends him to a place. And the very name of the place that God sends him means cut off or cut down. The Kirith Ravine, God, the very name of that means cut off or cut down as if God is saying, I'm going to take you to a place where you're going to be cut off or cut down so that you, there's a breaking in you so that there is a, a work that I want to do deep inside of you where there's this breaking. Okay. Some of you feel like you might be in Elijah's darkroom scenario, cut off where you're being broken where all of the props, the things that you relied upon have been removed. And God wants to say to you, if you feel that way, you're in that type of dark room, God wants to say, I have not left you. I am right there with you in the midst of your dark room. But I'm doing something, I gotta do something. I wanna do something deep inside of you that you're going to need later. You need to learn something that you can never learn without going through the dark room. He's taking you through the process of the dark room because you need something. You need something that he can only do through the process later in your life. Say it's a process. It's a process. But we don't like the word process, do we? When we really think about what that means. We like instant. Actually, instead of process, I like the word success. God, give me success and give it to me right now. Can I just read how to do it and then just go do it? Like the movie Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Remember, if you've seen that movie, Veruca Salt, and she had this song. She says, I want the world, I want the whole world, and I want it. Now, right, I want it now. And that's how we can sometimes be, even when it comes to spiritual maturity, spiritual growth, the things God wants to do in our lives. In fact, all around us, everyone is looking for the formula to success, even when it comes to what we want God to do in our lives. But it is not a pill that you can take. It is not a strategy that you learn. The formula is the darkroom. You cannot learn it by listening to a podcast or reading a great book. You can learn about it, as we're doing today, but you must walk through seasons, darkroom seasons of your life where God does his process in you, and you must learn it if you're a Christ follower because God has something that he wants to do in you. He has something for you in the darkroom that you could get nowhere else. Tell your neighbor, look at him, and tell them, God has something for me to do. God has something for you to do. And so he's going to take you through the dark room. Now, I hate to say it, but you can't even learn it by listening to a great message on the weekend at New Life. You must go through the process. One of my favorite authors, in fact, he was not originally an author, but a bunch of his sermons and devotionals, his personal devotional time um, uh, journal were compiled into books. His name is Watchman Nee. He said this, no one is equipped to do God's work simply because he has learned some teachings. Think about that. The only, this can only be done by the breaking of the outward man. He's, he's talking about, you can't just learn stuff and then God use you. There has to be a breaking of the outward man. That's that soul part of us, the part that wants to be in control, that wants to be seen by everybody as someone special, that, that wants to have 
you know, my plan for my life. There has to be a breaking of that so we depend upon God. And so it was for Elijah. So there he is. God sends him out. He's there all alone for a long time. No other person to talk to. And from his experience, I'm going to share with you two things the dark room offers, all right? So the first one, if you're taking notes, write this down. The dark room offers the development of dependence. It offers the development of dependence. God says, go hide in the place called cut off or cut down. And then he says, I have told some, right now get this. I have told some ravens to feed you. Now, if I heard that from God, I'm a hunter So I'm thinking, well, I'd rather have quail or pheasant or venison, but okay, some ravens. I'm thinking God's going to bring some ravens, and it's a little bit different as we'll find out. So these ravens, I've told them to feed you, and then there's going to be water there as well. Look what it says in 1 Kings 17. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat. Imagine that. In the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And so first thing we learn from this text is God is not a vegetarian, right? So write that down. (laughs) He brought, the ravens brought him what? Bread and meat. All right. Just a little joke there. But for real, if you're Elijah and God has told you to go hide and he's going to do this miracle, what are you learning about God when all of a sudden these ravens begin to circle and they have like Jimmy John sandwiches in their mouth, right? <laughs> and they're bringing it to you morning and evening. You are learning that God can be trusted, that you can depend on God, right? That he is faithful, that he is the source of your provision. And God is saying to you, if you're in this same season of a dark room, depend on me. Trust in me. I won't let you down. I won't send you to a season of hiding and not provide for you. So the question I have for you today, are are you in a similar dark room situation today? And the things that you've trusted in in your life, the things that you've relied upon, maybe they've been taken away. They've been removed, right? So who is it that you can depend upon? Who is it that you have that you can rely upon when everything else is gone? Let me just tell you, God can be trusted. God is faithful. You can depend upon God. And sometimes God has to remove all the props so that you can realize that he is your source. And Elijah's dark room that he walked through taught him that each and every day, in the morning and in the evening, God would provide enough for that day. That God was faithful. And maybe you're in that dark room and God is taking you through a season in, a, in his process of the darkroom, so that your complete dependence rests solely on him. And God is saying to you, I may not bring you what you want, but I'll bring you exactly what you need. I will sustain you. You can depend upon me. If you feel like you have nothing, God is saying, I will be your provision today. If you feel lonely, God is saying, I will be your friend today. If you feel weak, God's saying, I will be your strength today. You can depend upon me. And so God is, God is breaking Elijah. God is breaking him down. And he's teaching him to depend on God and God alone in the darkroom. So the darkroom offers the development of dependence. And the next thing I see from Elijah's story, write this down. The darkroom offers the opportunity for obedience. 
the opportunity for obedience. Now, in the story of Elijah, things start to shake up and the water dries up. So think about it. God sends him there, says there's going to be water. Well, eventually the water dries up. Why did it dry up? Well, remember the prophecy that he spoke to the king? It's not going to rain for a few years. Well, now it's come to Elijah's hideout and there's no rain. Now there's no water. And God tells him to leave and go to a place called Zarephath and God was going to provide for him. Now get this. God is unchanging. I believe that wholeheartedly. God is unchanging. But he will change our circumstance to solicit our obedience. He will allow the circumstance to change. Even the circumstance that he created to sustain us, he will cut that off from times to allow the opportunity for us to to show that we have a heart that's obedient. So not Elijah, back up in the story, he initially, he obeyed God. He spoke the word to Ahab. He prophesied. God told him to go to the Kirith Ravine. He goes, and God came through, right? Now everything's good. He's protected. He's safe. He's lonely, probably, with no human companionship, but he's safe. He has food. Then the water dries up. Have you ever felt that way? Like, God, I did what you told me to do. I'm serving you. You said you would come through, but, but something's changed now. God, where are you now? God, I thought I would always have these friends. Then something changes. I thought I would always have a lasting marriage, and then they leave, right? My 401K is now a 101K. God, where are you? Remember, don't focus on the darkness of the dark room. God is taking you through a process. Say it's a process. It's a process. And he's developing something in you. And one of the things he's developing, again, is dependence. And then he's going to develop, if you learn dependence uh, and you cooperate with him, he's going to produce a heart that's obedient, that's quick to obey. And obedience, by the way, is the gateway for what God wants to do through you. He's going to do something in you so that he can do something through you. Let's read in 1 Kings 17, verses 7 through 9. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath in the region of the Sidon and stay there. All right, so God's word comes to him. The same God, think about it, the same God who gave the water caused it to dry up. And in your life, the same God who gave the provision, gave the water, may cause the water to dry up to offer the opportunity for obedience. If you have your Bibles, you can just check out the first part of verse 10. It says, so he went. God says, go. It says, so he went. And he goes over 100 miles away to a place. God sends him to a widow that has a son. And again, the famine is in the land. There's no food. There's no, she, she has one last meal. And Elijah faces this amazing predicament of the need for back-to-back miracles in this situation. And he stood, he stood there in the midst, 100 miles away from the Kirith Ravine, where God had told him to go. He stood there with this widow in this environment and facing something very impossible. But here, here is the amazing thing. Elijah had already been to the darkroom. Elijah had already stood by the brook where he drank. Elijah had been to the place where the birds were circling every morning and every evening bringing his food. He knew, God, I can depend on you. He had developed a heart 
of obedience that was only intensified and refined. He obeyed the word of the Lord. And so when God said that he was going to work a miracle through Elijah, Elijah had already been through that season in the dark room where he knew that he could depend upon God. And now he had the opportunity to obey God and miraculous things happen. In fact, in our next series, Unstoppable, you're going to hear specifically about some of the miracles that God did through Elijah uh, in the life of this woman. If you can't wait, go ahead and read it today. All right. It's amazing what God, God did in his life. So God dried up the water to provide the opportunity for Elijah to be obedient. And obedience led him to a life in which God could do something through him that would have an internal impact where Elijah wouldn't be taking all the glory and all the credit. How is that possible? Because he had been through the process. He'd been through the darkroom where he had to depend upon God. And let me just tell you this. This wasn't a one-time thing. Elijah went through many seasons in the darkroom. Okay, so it's not just a once and done, I go through the dark room and boom, I, I got it all together. How many know that God is going to continue to develop a heart that depends upon him? And he's going to continually give you opportunities where an obedience will unlock the miraculous. We love the miraculous, don't we? I mean, how many of you, you want to see God do amazing things in and through your life? Yeah, all of us do. We love the miracles of God. We love to see God Work And we want to say, God, use me. But too often we despise the dark room of preparation, the process that God wants to take us through so that he can do something deep in us and then work through us. And let me just say one more thing that characterizes the dark room, okay? The dark room is not just a pathway so that you can be on a stage like this, okay? It's not, just a, it's not a pathroom for fame, The darkroom season may produce in you the stage of life of parenthood where you can invest in the next generation as a godly parent. And God can work through you to disciple generations. The the darkroom season may not be in what we see as, as, as the limelight, right? Where you become this famous Christian. But it, may, it will be the platforms of life that God gives you as a, as a parent, as a grandparent, as a husband, as a wife, as a, as a teacher, as a, as a doctor, whatever vocation that God has you in. That is the platform of your life that God wants to do something amazing through you. But you have to back up and go through the process of God's darkroom seasons of your life. Verse 1. Verse 1, Elijah. I'm not going to read it, but you can look it up. Elijah is introduced as Elisha the Tishbite from Tishbe. I mean, that's, that's who he's introduced as. That's who we get to know him as. But something amazing happens 23 verses later in verse 24. Look at this. Then the woman, this is the widow God sent him to, and miraculous things happened, said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God, and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. How did that happen? The darkroom. God took him through a process where he could be seen by others as a man of God. And they would see God in him. And that the word of God is true. There would be glory going up to God that God would look to God's word as true because of of the man or woman of God that God has developed in you. That's what God wants to do through you. If you're in the darkroom today, At all of our locations, if you're listening online, 
If you're in a darkroom season today, would you just acknowledge it? Would you just confess it by lifting up your hand with me to say, you know what, I, I recognize that I am in a darkroom. That doesn't mean that things are bad. That doesn't mean that things are hard. It's just God is taking you through a season of protection or obscurity or pressure. Come on, all of our locations, just lift your hand. I can identify I'm in a darkroom. Would you say in a heart of prayer this to God, God, thank you for this darkroom. Can you allow God to change your perspective and get your eyes off the what, the darkness of the darkroom, and say, God, I thank you for the why of the darkroom. You're taking me through a process, so I just want to thank you, God, for this season I'm in. Can you say, God, I believe that you are with me right now in the darkroom. I believe, God, you're doing something deep in me. Can you embrace the process of the darkroom? Because, see, the pain, the pain of the darkroom will be worth it. It will be worth it all because God will be right there with you doing something deep in you and then he is going to be glorified through your life in a way that could never happen if you did not cooperate with that season of your life. I want to encourage you to embrace that. Sometimes we detour around God's darkroom seasons. Sometimes we kick against it. Can I encourage you to embrace it if God is leading you in a season where maybe you feel like your life is not on the public stage, where you're serving the Lord and no one else sees it or knows about it. That could be a darkroom season. Maybe you're going through a season of pressure and refining where God has got the chisel out and he's developing character traits within you. He's developing the fruit of the spirit in your life. You just embrace that process. Would you stand with me at all of our locations and let's pray. Father, your ways are not our ways. And so we need a continual download from you of what this life is really all about. We need your perspective. Because God, our nature is so consumed with the here and now, with the instant, with the temporal. But you want to do something deeper and eternal in us. So give us your perspective. Jesus, we are thankful that you understand the darkroom because you walked through seasons of the darkroom. So my prayer today for all my friends that are here listening is that they will embrace the deep work of your Holy Spirit, the process of the darkroom, that we will not steer around the darkroom, but we will, in fact, rest in the shadow of the Almighty in the darkroom. Because there is a world that desperately needs what you plan to do through us. So may we embrace what you're doing in us in the darkroom. Today at all of our locations, everybody with me here or listening, if you're in a darkroom season right now, would you repeat this confession after me? God, you are good. I know you are with me. I trust that you're working in me. Change what needs to be changed and move what needs to be moved. Help me depend upon you alone and give me a heart that quickly says yes when you speak. Amen.